fuck was that? Ah, you don't like that? No, what are you doing? Oh, don't play the fucking victim. You know what you did. What did I do? <sighs> Listen, just read the commercial. I'll leave you alone. You leave me alone. And quit acting like you didn't do anything. Listen, Dieter, I don't know what you think is going on here, but swear to God I didn't do it. You didn't do it? No. You didn't go in our fridge and drink all the ginger ale. Ginger ale? No! I don't believe you. I don't care if you believe me or not. You think just because you're from hell, you know all about pain and suffering. Uh, I don't think so, dude. I got a few tricks up my sleeve. Read the fucking commercial. <sighs> Dieter, I don't really like you. I don't like you, Gorag. You know, I thought it'd be cool to have a demon on the show to read the freaking intro and commercial, but... I think I'm going to have to rethink things. I wish you would. It would be nice to go home and relax every once in a while without being treated in this ill manner. Dude, just read the commercial. <sighs> Alright. LoneStarButtons.com Read it right. LoneStarButtons.com is your source for your custom pin-on buttons. If you have a custom button design... Contact Adam Stimpy Jones at lo info at LoneStarButtons.com or you can call him at 281-798-1996. Tell him Gorad sent you and you want to suck in his hairy tits. LoneStarButtons.com offers buttons in multiple sizes and shapes at a reasonable cost. Adam Jones has been around making buttons for about 17 years and all of his parts are made in the USA. Lone Star Buttons isn't just a sponsor of the show. They're friends of the show. And they have the Gorag seal of approval. Hey. Yeah? Who told you you could give your Gorag seal of approval? Where'd that shit come from? You never stopped me. You never said anything about it. Do you even listen to these commercials? Not really. I have my own shit to worry about. Then why are you here? Because I'm creating the show? Yeah, okay. Well, can I get out of here now? I guess. Screw you, dude. Yeah. 
Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Revenge of the World episode 49. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am your host as always, Gabriel. Punch me in the face, I don't care, Dieter. Uh, to my left, I have Christopher, the American psycho. I guess that's sticking. It'll stick till I figure something else out. I'm okay with that. And across from me is Brennan, baby beard (laughs) purge. What? (laughs) What? What? That could just be Brennan... Yeah, just the hum of Birch. dead air. Yeah. So that's just going to be even mm. weirder then. God damn, that's some good cuff. Okay, um, Mark Maron, what the fuck? <laughs> what? Just coffee.com. I don't listen to Mark Maron, so... Uh... Pow, shit my pants. So what's up... <laughs> What's up, dudes? Uh, it's a bummer of a fucking two weeks, isn't it? Yeah. It's been pretty shitty. You were on the last one. Yeah, I, I was around when Lemmy died. Now David Bowie, man. Do you have an alibi? <laughs> I was asleep when it happened. I was on this show the very next day. Yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't make it back from LA that fast. Um, I liked yours was the first thing I saw out of oh, all yeah. of the Bowie stuff. Yeah. Because I had to like piss in the middle of the night. So I was like, I better check my... <laughs> And it just is like, you know, rest in peace, David Bowie, in all caps. And I was like, but nothing else from anyone. And I was like... I thought it was a hoax. I know. I was like, well, he'll be on top of it. I'm sure it's some fucking 4chan bullshit. Dude, it was was late at night. This is like really funny, though, because the exact same thing happened to me. Like, I woke up in the middle of the night and, you know, rolled over, checked my phone, and... (laughs) I saw David Bowie die. I'm like, oh, come on, Gabe. I'm not dealing. I'll deal with this in the morning. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. I got up in the morning, and then the New York Times and everybody else you yeah. know, kind of started coming out with it. Man, really? Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I I, it's go- left I googled it. Yeah. The as soon as I woke up in the morning, I googled it and checked the sources, and you know, New York Times is pretty legit. So yeah. they probably like reported it directly to them. You know. <laughs> well, I was yeah. afraid that there were going to be a lot of copycats without any verification right so yeah because i mean hasn't eddie murphy died like four times unfortunately mm. yeah i mean uh, people they I mean, twitter kills people all the time oh yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah that's it's just such a weird one though because it's so left field yeah I mean, like just had a birthday just put a record out you know yeah have you heard it i haven't listened i haven't been able to listen to it yet have like you, I, I, I i just i'm I, waiting i'm I gonna listen to it after this show actually songs it seems i've been listening to it all like right. on repeat at work um i uh and i'm biased anyway my thing is, is I'd be there really... were Illuminati messages embedded in there. <laughs> well, it's just it was okay. It was you can really tell. I was reading about it. It said he he uh, it was heavily influenced by Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, which you can really tell. It, it's weird. It, it's it's like if Medeski, Martin, and Wood, Kraftwerk, and the Gregorian Chants all got together and made an wow. album. 
and then he sung over it. It's, really? It's crazy. And there are some, like, uh, there's a there's a song, I forget the name of it now off the top of my head, of course I would, but... Um, <clears throat> it's the only name I remember is Lazarus. That's it. Okay. Yeah, that that song. Yeah, Lazarus. He literally is talking about like here I am in heaven and did it. I mean, it's eerie mm, as shit. Wow. It, it's it's Man. really really weird. But the whole entire like there's a song on there. It's called Girl Love Me, mm-hmm. and the chorus is Where the fuck did Monday go? Just him chanting that over and over oh and over God. again. And it's got a very bass driven like um <clears throat> you remember I don't I, I listened to. All, pretty much anything he puts out but back in like it was either 07 or 09 he came out with like outside and that's when he was like really hitting hard with the electronica yeah and that's really kind of like where this is rooted huh and it's just a bunch of like drum and bass beats and and house music right and then they'll splash like saxophone over it Mm -hmm. with some oboe and then there'll be like some like creme some craft working like yeah and then so you'll hear some weird like cymbal splash off in the distance and then you know he doesn't He's not singing and doing the falsetto stuff anymore now. It's just kind of like, you know, just like, I'm talking and this is the song and this is how it goes. And then he'll sing into some and out of others, but there's just a lot of like mm-hmm. spoken. Mm. And wow. it, it's actually, it's very intense. My thing is, is he hasn't been dead 72 hours yet. And everybody's like, greatest album he's ever released. And I'm like, you need to really take the yeah, rose tinted glasses off because on a scale of like one to 10, I'd give it like a 7.5 or an eight. It's good. Um, but it's not going to be because there's a lot of people that, you know, like on Facebook, social media and stuff like that. If I had seen um, changes mm-hmm. posted one more time, I was going to fucking punch somebody because he has like a gigantic. This is his 26th <laughs> album. He has so much stuff. Well, yeah. It's now that you bring that up. I was telling Brennan that I kind of glossed over him mm-hmm. uh, until today, basically. Uh, Musically, in general, in general, because but you were like a harder, in the nineties. You were a metal dude and a punk rock guy, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but in the nineties, when I started paying attention to music, he uh, he was doing "I'm Afraid of Americans" with yep. Trent Reznor, and that yeah, was and yeah. It didn't really mm-hmm. turn me on no. to his stuff. No, but <clears throat> you know, and and. You know, before today, I, I would have been like, yeah, I know a few of his, of his songs. But then I, I looked at his backlog today, his entire body of work. And I'm like, I know a ton of these fucking songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's he's done a crazy amount of work. The, I mean, I don't know probably yeah. half of it, but. One thing that I would recommend to you, I mean, if you, just if you're interested, uh, there's this documentary. It's, uh, I think it's called like David Bowie Five Years. Mm-hmm. And basically what they do is they kind of go through and pick like five specific moments in his career pretty much up until like the eighties, just like the big turning points. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's, it offers like a lot of really interesting insight. Cause like you just like see him in the room with like these different musicians just working and just making different things. And like the people that worked on the projects are talking about, you know, just how they met David Bowie and like how they got involved and like how weird he was. And it's just like, it's really interesting. I think you should like check it out. And the, the soundtrack for that oh, is, man. 75 or 95 songs because mm. it's basically every album that the, and, and it's remastered versions yeah. single versions oh this is the third take that we didn't release 
and uh <clears throat> and a lot of them are uncut and unfiltered too uh so you'll get a lot of the count-ins mm-hmm. and you'll get a mm-hmm. lot of the like oh we fucked up for the first like minute and a half but we kept it going right. live and just because a lot of the like um space oddity is on that yeah but there's like four versions of it mm-hmm. and there's a version that they didn't go with that's almost two and a half minutes longer than the radio release and i think it's like tons tons better right and, and it's just it the scope and breadth of what it is that he did and how just into um everything he did and and a lot of the write-ups about the most recent album is it came out last it came out a week ago today yeah because a week ago today was his birthday and he did what a lot of celebrities in today's environment can't do just because of the vicious media cycle. No one knew he had cancer for no. the past two years. He kept that to himself. Like his son knew, his family knew, but it wasn't out there in in the public eye. Right. And a lot of people are like, well, he wasn't socially relevant. He wasn't well, out he, at it. He, he had been seen how, how long ago? Like. Well, the the I just, a month I just or saw I just saw the fine. I just saw either I think it was Esquire or GQ or so he just did a photo right. shoot like three days before he passed. Wow! And he's wearing like a, a he's wearing like a trilby and like a nice little derby hat and he's got a solid black suit. He's dressed to the nines and that face mm-hmm. looks he's looking no like healthy did. David he, Bowie. He looks like David fucking Bowie did in 72 82 92 2002 it's unbelievable it's like the dude didn't age because like prior to us starting we were like talking about like all these old haggard right who's next iggy don't look like iggy used to look no (laughs) you know steven tyler don't look like steven david bowie for snorting away the 70s right once he cleaned up, he took amazing care of himself. A uh, really, really, really yeah. good care of himself. He really doesn't age very much, like no. from like you know what, let's dance, <laughs> like no. until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, someone did. Well, the Ziggy Stardust, he does look really young. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that, that was, was fucking forty. 50 well, yeah, years right. Ago. <laughs> he was like twenty three, like twenty uh, and jacked mm-hmm. out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, very high as a fucking kite. But I heard a story on a podcast uh, today how his last show as uh ziggy stardust Mm -hmm. he uh he announced to the audience that this would be his uh ziggy stardust last show Mm -hmm. and uh which it was because it was the end of the tour right and then he said this will be the last uh ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars ever right and the spiders from mars didn't know oh my god (laughs) and he just basically told him you know fuck this and he fired them on stage mm-hmm. it's not that he he just, fired he just him he just that, didn't yeah. want to he didn't want to do that persona anymore yeah yeah and see and i think what's really interesting in regards to him and he's iconic and when you have people like michael stipe and eddie vetter and iggy pop and mick jagger and robert plant and all these people that which is weird for like plant yeah. pop and all them because they're his age and older but mm-hmm. they're like okay a musical icon is gone there are so many people that have been influenced and uh you know their musical careers were started and helped by that guy mm-hmm. you know it's, it's unbelievable people don't understand how prolific he was in regards to michael jackson was the self-proclaimed king of pop he called himself right you know but it's like i posted the other day i was like you know i was like prince is immortal right a man can only take so much i mean there are so there are so many there's so many, joke, <laughs> there are so many there, there are so many musically prolific uh artists out there that whether they're musically relevant now um reinventing themselves see that's one thing i don't understand a lot of people they'll start listening to a band Mm -hmm. and uh just make it 
socially relevant now. Take like the Black Keys, for instance, just what the hell they've blown up here within the past few years. Yeah. They don't sound anything like what they sounded like when they first started. Right. right. David Bowie single-handedly had eras of his own music where he would really... If you go back and look at his discography from like 74 to like 86, he released an album every year and a couple of times twice. Right. And what he would do is just every few, he would just musically reinvent himself. You know, like when he was uh, the White Duke and he did all of that. Then Lowe came in. Lowe, mm-hmm. I think, was what actually really started the whole avant-garde kind of yeah. Warholian. Well, yeah, the like, whole Berlin trilogy. Is just yeah, like, that, the, the whole, yeah, when he just moved to Switzerland and decided to do that whole thing, that totally, ch- and it's crazy because you can, if you go and pick up uh, like a, a David Bowie's Greatest Hits, which at this point is probably two discs deep, I would think. Right. You can actually, if they're, if they're put on the disc chronologically, you can actually totally feel and see the transitions and stuff that he was doing as an artist, which is nuts because, you know, he's applauded for it. But then you take a band as, you know, probably not so socially relevant anymore, and they're probably not as popular because they sobered up. But take someone like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who also don't sound anything like they did when they first started, but they reinvent themselves. So U2 does it all the time, but they get shit. Shit. Will they be applauded in 20, 30 years when all of them are dead? No. They're also they're, not producing that body of work either, though. Well, seeing that and that yes. takeaway was is he's in a class all to his own. Um, yeah, I, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody that's ever done that. Yeah, me either. Uh, <clears throat> I've, I know people that have tried and failed at yeah. it. I mean, he I literally mean, maybe to a certain degree, like Madonna. He literally you know? he started out and was going nowhere and, and just said, fuck it dropped the four-piece band that he was in that sounded like a hybrid between the fucking monkeys and the Beatles. Right. Mm-hmm. And said, I'll see all y'all later. Changed his name, and then it was like game over. He just yeah. went from there. It was amazing. Well, he'll be missed. Uh, I was also looking over, I mean, since I was going through his stuff, he's worked with a lot of people. Like, yeah. You know how many movies he's been in? No, I'm talking musically. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, yeah, because uh, we moved to movies. Let's see. Iggy Pop. Mm-hmm. Um Lou Reed. Freddie Mercury, Lou, Lou Reed. Reed. Iggy Pop and Lou Reed are the basis for Ziggy Stardust. That's who he based. Yeah. It's, it's an amalgamation of the two. That's who he based Ziggy Stardust on. Really? Yep. Huh. Mm-hmm. I thought Ziggy Stardust was before. No, the Stooges Ziggy were around Pop. the 60s. The Stooges, yeah. Stooges okay. were 67, yeah, he was like, he was 68. Obsessed with the Stooges. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, like that, cool. The only reason they got their shot was because David Voyage. Yeah. There's actually an album and it's really, really good. It's called Ziggy and Iggy Live 77. Highly recommend. I saw a video of him doing the Freddie Mercury tribute mm-hmm. in 95. Yep. With uh, Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, I was okay until I that watched that. That shit was that. badass. I, I, when he knelt down and did the Lord's Prayer, I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to need... I, yeah, close the office door. <laughs> I was like, that, I'm going to oh, openly weep. I was like, oh, this, is, this is the part where I cry. I'm uh, a visual guy. I was listening yeah. to him all day and appreciating it. Then I saw that video and I was just... And even stills of Labyrinth and all the other stuff he was in. I was like, yeah, but then I watched him and I was like, the class act, man, through and through. Weirdly, what it was for me was uh, last night, whenever I was driving back from Houston, I was listening to Lodger and mm. uh, African Night Flight, of all things. Really? Because it's so weird. weird. It's mm-hmm. just so weird. I mean, like, and, like, what pop star is getting away with that, you know? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well, it, he was an artist. Like, 
Well, yeah, he was he was an artist, but you know he he made weird things like you know somewhat accessible to pe- people that would never think to listen to them. You know, and um, uh, I'm gonna. Get... I would like to know what people thought about that when it came out. Like, uh... well, Low and Lodger and th- those were panned. They actually yeah. they were not popular at all. He they're weird records. Like <laughs> Space Oddity, mm-hmm. thumbs up. Right. Uh, Ziggy Stardust, thumbs up. Uh, even the live uh, and when the you, soundtrack yeah. to Ziggy Stardust and the the um, oh can't think of the name of it but uh, Spiders from Mars Spiders from Mars they love that because <laughs> yeah. that was you, actually shown in theaters yeah. but there was a lot of his stuff that people were like okay this shit's weird because he aligned more so with the uh, Andy Warhol mod like avant garde yeah. yes stuff. Yeah. and, and, and when so you, when you talk about uh, what is it? You said accessible to the public. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is where I look at his stuff as being pop or anybody's stuff. Right. But it's all always the B sides and the more artistic shit and the weird stuff for weird people. Yeah. That really put him into the artist category. Right. Like, true well, yeah. artist category. Because bear in mind, he also he was a British art. He thrived over there, mm. and he had hits here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he had a lot of number ones and a bunch of top tens and he hovered in top 50s and 100s mm. but it's for all of your creme de la creme greatest hit stuff your space oddity you know all, right. all the stuff that you know but yeah like low is one of my favorite albums mm. and you will never hear anything on that on the radio yeah ever was heroes on that no and so the thing is is and and granted this is also coming from a guy who my dad gave me the uh pinups record pinups is nothing but a bunch of his covers of his favorite like british pop hit from when he was coming Mm -hmm. and it's a fairly obscure album but you know i'm really curious to see happened when whitney died happened when michael died um you know this is a big one. I'm really curious to see if this opens up um, avenues of, of a younger generation and people who uh, kind of like yourself, but younger had heard of my, uh, had heard of um, David Bowie, but had never really given him a chance other than maybe what they hear on classic rock radio. Right. It's a fantastic, you know, catalog. And, and for me growing up, I mean, <clears throat> you know, being a, it, it was, it, you can't be a guy's guy and be really into Bowie. No. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> Uh, you know it was it was you can be if you're closet almost well exactly and 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 i'm a guy's guy but you know but but you can't there's nothing there's nothing machismo about david bowie when you're at insert junior high insert high school here and it's the late 80s to you know early 90s mm-hmm. there's nothing cool about because everybody's too fucking into sabbath you know everybody's jamming the ramones it's zeppelin and then you show up with a ziggy stardust t-shirt and fucking people start calling you faggot you know what's machismo though have you have you seen an interview of him where he's like maybe calling out something that's wrong like he uh he was on an mtv interview and he asked mtv some guy i don't know if he was an executive or whatever why there weren't more black artists being played on mtv and uh he went straight for the nuts you know he Mm, he didn't take any you know he listened to the guy and made a few points but he didn't back down you know he was he had some cojones oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and yeah, I, was, I guess you have to yeah he to, was very to do some of that i think shit. he was real brazen in a lot of um 
his music, but also his political stances too. Because now when people think of like, you know, pop stars that had or had or have uh, political, you know, ties, like, you know, people think Bono and Mm -hmm. Michael Stipe and Eddie Vedder. You know, Vetter and the Indigo Girls and all these people that have like you know, <laughs> the Indigo Girls, big environmentalists. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. And they're actually them, and they're all from like the South Carolina, Georgia yeah. South area. They're very big. Oh, okay. Shit, the dude that was on uh, Chris Novoselic is a friggin' senator, He's like a senator in, in like a Washington. Senator. So I mean, there's a lot of musical folk that uh, have moved past the music and gotten into politics. But Bowie was doing that through his music. But then also, you know, geopolitically through the stuff he spoke about. And, you know, uh, there's I forget which one it is. I want to say it's Santa Monica Live 72. Two of the tracks are him speaking out against um, apartheid and, uh, and and war. And they're like three and a half minutes long. And they kept them on the record. Yeah. I mean, it was like they were wow. so good they kept them on the record. Because, you know, any artist will pop off, you know, and they'll usually cut that and stick to the music. But it was oh, so. Man. It's because they can't hold their right right but he was so well spoken yeah and, and so articulate and, and intelligent and intelligent and what it was that he and wanted you to can't bring across. make that kind of music without being that no that is correct okay uh <laughs> <laughs> speaking of art artists oh god uh uh, I don't know. We have we have uh we don't have any gossip to talk about, but there is some some problems in uh I don't know the Houston art community. I don't know. I think it's probably it might just be art communities in general. I think so. I don't. Th- I, I don't think it's like Houston specific. I think the problem that you came across. What happened? Possibly we can't say. Oh, okay. Not specifics. Not specifically, but uh. I'll hear off mic. We, people have bad attitudes. There's people with bad attitudes in every sector of humanity. Absolutely. And uh, it just so happens that in the art community, you're going to come across people with bad attitudes. I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, we're being a little too... Well, You're extremely cryptic. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just like listening to you can at this you, point. Can you explain in broad generalities? Well, what, did I mean, you get I, hosed out of a gig or no, something? No, no, no. no, okay, no. okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll okay. go into it. I'll just go, ahead. go into it. Go okay. Ahead. Um. Well, I, I signed on to be in this show recently, and mm-hmm. there was a, you know, the drop off was last night, and you know, I showed up, kind of did my drop off thing, and just a little backstory. There were like very specific, uh, like requirements to be able to participate in the show, like size wise, that were really kind of difficult for a lot of people to meet. And, you know, it was kind of a hassle just to get pieces that fit the requirements, you know? So was this the one that you talked about on the last show that we were, all right. Well, anyway, so, I mean, I bring my stuff up and, you know, kind of showing them, you know, what I did and making, showing them that it all fits the requirements and blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody's very nice, very, you know, complimentary. Ha ha, I like this, whatever. You know, how'd you do that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, just making small talk. You know, pay my money. You know, I have to do some paperwork. Just to So kinda... you have an entry fee you have to pay to these yeah. people on top Yeah, of it's it's a, you know, it, a lot of the We're small... We're going to get to that. Yeah, a lot of the smaller shows okay. that you have to deal with, you know, whenever you're a person that people don't really know. Uh-huh. You know, there's like, they don't take a piece of whatever you're selling, but, you know, there's a pretty good chance they're not going to make any money if they depend on that. Oh. So, you know, you kick in a little bit of money and, you know, you get to show your stuff. It's, I see. It's kind of a cost of doing business. I see. Which is, you know, fine. I don't mind doing it. Hmm. But that's, that has really nothing to do with there's, what I'm talking there's about. There's other aspects of that. Yeah. That... Okay. We'll have that. I yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay, cool. So anyway, uh, I do all my paperwork. Um, people are being a little weird, a little um, catty at one point. Like, I don't know. I guess, like, I didn't do things in the right order. And, you know. Well, explain the situation because you walked away, right? Huh? You overheard something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I, there's some stuff happens and that I, I just don't, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm losing, I'm completely losing track of thought. I'm trying to talk about two things at once. Um, I'll just get to the main thing. Um, yeah, I was like, uh, in the back kind of like putting my work away so that, you know, and I was just walking around, like looking at everybody else's stuff. And like the whole thing is this, like all your work has to be like under a certain price. And I priced my stuff at like half of what that price, you know, which is fair i think mm. and like as i was walking away like i kind of like overheard the people that were curating the show like balking at what i was asking for my work as in you should have asked for like, even less i should have asked for much less you know like the the exact words i heard were more like 20 oh <laughs> yeah and like at first i didn't think they were talking about me but then they specifically said my name <laughs> so i mean it was just it was just really like unprofessional i thought you know because like they had already made their money that they're mm-hmm. going to make from the show. They have right. no vested financial interest in anything that's going on with me. Now now it's just you and selling your way. Now it's just me selling my stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't really pertain to anything having to do with them. And just kind of for them to openly just like, kind of like mock yeah. what I think my work is worth. Were they artists too? Or yes, they, they were. Ju- oh, yeah. Okay. The, the, like the people curating the show, I'm fairly certain that they're, I'm not sure how affiliated with the space they are. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just based on my well, experience, well, go ahead. I, I was actually going to make the point that the person that said that yeah might just be helping out no oh. uh did a little research Not they so they much. are affiliated with like actually curating the show <laughs> okay well so i mean that's really unfortunate that's it was just that's, I don't that's, know. that's unprofessional and it just gives it gives you a bad name how you can't the easiest thing that that you can get is a bad reputation yeah definitely. for anything yeah uh, As a matter of fact, I was I was a little bit you know kind of wary about even talking about it on here because of that you know because like a lot of you know I was really impressed with the work that was in the show. It's a small community. Yeah, it's a very small community, and you know like I'm was going to say like you know I like a lot of the work. I like the artists in the show. You know like there's a lot of people whose work I really respect in that show, and you know I I would like to be able to work with those people again. So like I didn't even want to really even talk about it in a way, but at the same time it's just like I just don't understand why that was even necessary. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It it really shouldn't have been said. Yeah. And is this your first dealing with this place? With this place, yes. What and, a, and the people that spoke? Yeah, and probably last. Mm. And I, I asked you, uh, it would have been one thing if someone else had said, hey, don't say that kind of stuff, or stuck up for you, right. or tried to keep it professional, to, you know, because that was just unnecessary. Yeah. It seems childish. Well, see, that's the thing is like, I think that there's there's basically two types of people. And, that uh, oh, and one more thing, they're not curating that show. They're not curating it curating it is picking and choosing right and you're in charge of a show right they're just taking money they're they're uh handlers they're mercenaries yeah they're not i mean i, I don't know i'm, yeah. I'm kind of speechless at this point because i'm a little angry but uh it's a small community i think if people listen to the last show they'll know what we're talking about but yeah it's just ridiculous and like the thing is that i've kind of come across is like you know it's you deal with like those kind of people that are kind of like you know, that's why they're not big. Yeah. That's why they're not doing major artists right. at their gallery or whatever. Well, you know? see, and the thing is, and, and I don't want to interject. And that's probably not the reason. But... Well, but the thing is, is this. And as somebody who went to the University of Texas and resided in Austin for quite some time, that's part of the problem with Houston. Houston's DIY scene, the music scene, the whole bit. Everybody, I understand White Oak's coming back mm-hmm. and fucking Fitzgerald's is finally getting their shit together. You know, and the music scene's trying to do what it's probably needed to do since oh shoot i don't know the late 80s early 90s yeah <clears throat> but the skate scene the music scene the art scene everybody when you think of texas 
they will think of Austin first, and in certain aspects and certain elements, depending on the industry or what it is, they'll San even Antonio. think. They'll, well, they'll <laughs> even think Dallas next. They don't think. I don't know what it is with Houston and cutting their nose off yeah. despite their face. It's like the minute you have the potential to be taken seriously on any type of front there you dumb know, shit happens that sets you back another three to right. five years and i don't understand but, why that happens but on the other side i think there's a lot of people that are coming up that are like you know trying to change that and mm. you know like you know like there's those these kind of like catty art people or whatever but then there's other people that i've dealt with like you know i've dealt with you know the insomnia video game culture they do they, they do abstract shows. art what's up do they happen to do abstract art oh these these people no they they're they're decent like they're talented people you know and you know, whatever. I, I don't. I don't have anything negative to say about their work. I wouldn't do that, somebody. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, and seeing another well, I mean, thing I, is, is eh, you know like, what I mean. Like, like somebody I that is not entrenched in the Houston art scene. When you got the museum district that you have and the small little, right? You know, what is what is something that somebody who's really into art or somebody who's like, like for example, like y'all's stuff. I've seen it. I'm very interested in it. I think it's very unique and interesting stuff. I like y'all's stuff. I want to hey, see man, where's stuff. Hey man, checkbook? <laughs> well, exactly. But it's like, okay, I want to check out y'all's kind of stuff and I want to see stuff similar to it. I want to see zines. I want to see that kind of stuff. Because yeah. when people think art in Houston, they think MoMA, they think, you know, uh, the museum dish, that kind of stuff. How do they get clued into this? I mean, it seems so niche that it's so small. It's like... Mm. Is it, is it, a, it just got a little smaller. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, that's what I'm, it's like, you know, how, how does it get out there? Like, I didn't fucking know about insomnia until I went and got some goddamn donuts. Yeah. I was like, there it is. You know, and I, don't know. I mean, you know, here they do neat things, but I mean, yeah, they do great things. Like, and that's kind of what I was getting to is like, you know, I've worked with them a couple of times and it's always been a great experience, you know, mm -hmm. like they're super cool. They, like, if there's any curating to be done, they do it before they accept you into the show. Uh, or if they decide you're not right for something, they'll let you know. Okay. They're, they're really straightforward and super cool about it. And, you know, I, I've had nothing but great dealings with them. But, you know, then there's other people that are kind of like doing these like kind of pay for play things that are a little eh, maybe not so on the level. Kind of sketchy. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where things are getting tricky. So is there a collective of artists? Sketchy's with... sketchy's not not a good word to use because some of them are just trying to pay their bills. Well, yeah, there's a know? difference between paying the rent and kind of what. I experienced. Well, because like um, uh, uh, my brother-in-law and I, I'd never been before. We went to Catfish's joint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That place was awesome. Yeah. I yeah. never knew anything about it until I heard it from you when he took me. Yeah. That place is amazing. So is there like a collective of you guys that are, are there factions? How is this playing sort of, out? Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I think it's more social rather than like, you know, specific named collectives. We all know each other. Yeah. Everybody knows but everybody. But there's no like, there's no, when we're talking about galleries mm -hmm. we're just talking about a space that somebody has organized to ha hang artwork in four okay. walls and some lights okay and yeah. and that could be anywhere from like a comic shop to a warehouse to a, yes. a formal gallery and, and sometimes the, you're, it's just people you know yeah. you're gonna get a mixed bag you don't know for for the majority of of shows that i've been involved with everybody's cool there have been a few uh jerkwads that have been hanging in there but yeah i don't really associate with those those galleries anymore even though for the most part they're they're okay people uh are there any type but you of... know I, I i i gave up gallery yeah i, was, I, I don't are I don't there shoot any towards that anymore the biggest shows i've ever had were here in my house mm-hmm and in another house in Pasadena, like right off the freeway, just like this one. And uh, I didn't have to pay anybody because, mm -hmm. you know, he put us up. And well, I put a bunch of holes in his walls. 
Well, because uh, like, uh, <laughs> you know, as far as like, because I was in regards to like the music scene and stuff, um, there are particular venues that cater to particular crowds and there yeah. are particular right. places that will cater to specific types. And I would assume that carries over to the art scene yes. to an extent. To, to, to a certain degree. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Inter- just on a smaller, more yeah. intimate scale. Not always. I mean, Cause, Fitzgerald uh, holds 800 people. Uh, <laughs> I've seen more than 800 people oh, yeah. in some galleries. Oh, shit. Yeah, you know? no, 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 I don't. But like, for example, like my, my wife and I, we every year we partake in a thing that's called empty bowls where we, uh, you know, it, it's all pottery. Mm-hmm. You basically go and um, all of these people that um, are artists that do pottery, yeah. they make a, a menagerie of bowls and you basically go and you flip the bowl over and go, hey, this one's pretty. It's $200. You and you, we we go every year and we buy. We've bought two, and now that we have kids, we buy four. I have a shitload of bowls <laughs> in my house, but the reason why we do it is because a portion of the proceeds go to like the Houston Food Bank, right? You know, and I have no problem at all whatsoever. I've shown Kiernan y'all stuff, and he fucking thinks it's amazing. And all right, I'm just trying Impressive to figure out how to. <laughs> I'm just would I even like it? I mean, I think that's freaking awesome i didn't do that no i know but i just that that is totally different that is you have a forest fire i would i would hang that in my office i did that 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 is different and i think you know these this ilk is what needs to be recognized more but how is that possible if the community is shooting itself down well i think i don't have an answer uh i don't know and you've been doing this for how long <laughs> since 09 and how about you uh i don't really know i mean I've, I've really started kind of pursuing i guess showing more in earnest like maybe in the last year or so and it's a passion not just yeah. a hobby it's a hobby for me but mm-hmm. people like it but you're fucking good at it though you can well, get yeah, paid to do I'm, something you're really good at and you like do it i'm i'm passionate about it yeah good. but i don't have i mean i have i have like i have a gallery in the back of the house it's just a room with all my shit. I've never on the wall. seen it. It's also a place for the cats to shit. It's a, uh, <laughs> I like your bathroom. But, uh, yeah, your my bathroom, bathroom is badass. Uh, mm, it's a place for people to. Uh. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I'll quit scooping shit and I'll just sit down and I'll be like, you know, this is my shit. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. I need to have a show and get rid of some of it, you know. But I don't court galleries uh anymore i just stopped because i made i had my first art show in i think 2010 Mm -hmm. and i made i broke the record for sales that they had i mean they'd never sold that much no shit and after that i just i I did house shows and i made just as much money so except i didn't have to split it you know Mm -hmm. and and i took i took a network of people fucking anybody listening to this probably should you know Take some notes. I took a network of people because I had uh, like a, a sign-up sheet, you know, for emails. Oh, okay. And I made a network out of that, and people knew where I was going to be through joining my Facebook, through my website. So and marketing your brand of sorts. I, I hate calling it a brand because it's just me, you know. Yeah, but, but that's like the hot, that's like the <laughs> catchphrase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I gave up on galleries because I was just doing everything. It kind of s- snowballed, you know. I see. And uh, well, you got to where you didn't necessarily need it, right? And, and I still don't. I mean, I'm. And that's the thing is, I like, have a nine to five job. Yeah. Anything artwork is just extra money. That but you wouldn't at good. any point in time want to flip that. Uh, after I retire. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. See, my thing is, is because I paint. Uh huh. 
And um, like I do, like uh, my wife's best friend, Becca, when she married her wife, they wanted a tree of life. Mm -hmm. And so I did basically on wood with oil, just a... uh, just a circular pattern with a tree of life in it where it had the trunk of the tree was like two women like intertwining yeah and i gave it to them and i have stuff from high school and college like i have a a six foot by three foot uh headless athena in my stairwell Mm -hmm. that i was actually offered like when i was at san jack because i went to juco before i transferred out i painted that at san jack in 97 and i was offered like 2500 dollars and i was like no i want to keep it And I can't I, do this again. <laughs> well, yeah, I was Ew. like, no, this is fucking great. I'm gonna give this to like my, my mom or something. And I never understood the. I could never get into the financial aspects of the replication of artwork. And now, like seeing what you've done with the oh, you print and, do, 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 and like that one sponsor mm-hmm. guy that you had that you said could do all the Half stuff. The money's in the merch. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> right. So I was just like, and it's a lot of fucking effort, you know. And I show stuff to people, and they're like, oh my god, hey, could you do this for my kids? nursery and i do it and then i give it to them that's awesome what the fuck am i doing wrong <laughs> well because that's the thing you're not it's doing nothing. anything wrong no but see like i see this stuff over because i enjoy doing it and it's like you know when it was the bridal shower and it's like here you go ladies and everybody was like you know oh hey look you know cabo wabo and all this crap and i was like here and i gave them a painting they were like holy shit this like took some time and effort right and i was like yeah but here you go i love you girls have a wonderful <laughs> life but like, for example, all this stuff over here, like that, that one that you showed me a few shows back where it got messed up, uh-huh. I flipped it over and I looked on the back and I saw what you were asking for. I would have no idea how to even like think to price stuff. I I mean, the money is from the actual artwork, uh-huh. uh, but I want to keep my stuff because I'm, I'm not a professional. I'm mm-hmm. a hobbyist. Okay. So I keep my stuff. What defines cheap that? Enough. Because you have a job and you don't do it for a living? I don't depend on my artwork. I see. Okay. Uh, so I want to keep my stuff as inexpensive as possible so that as many people that are interested in it can, can hang it in it. their home. Nice. Right. You know? I see. And you're kind of the same way? Yeah. I mean, like, I figure if, you know, if I have to, like, go out of my way to kind of, you know, spend some money to do something, like, with the things that I was having to do with the show, you know, I just try to price things to where if I can break even on materials, I'm happy with that, you know? Because you made your money. Back. Yeah. If I, if, okay. I can, if I can make it to where, like, at least this is, like, self-sustaining. You know, that would be my ideal because I mean, I'm not quitting my job. I have a kid. I have I've made different choices in life, you know, and I'm happy with that. Good. But, you know, I, I also am you know passionate about making art and it's something that I will never stop doing. And honestly, if somebody just asked me for something, I would give it to them like you were talking about. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I've done it. All for, the artwork in this room yeah. is, uh, I mean, fair church kind of given like, trades. You, you, you gave you yeah. did something. And yeah. yeah, but see, that's it's like y'all like. <clears throat> This Saturday coming up. Actually, I paid for a lot of. Things. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that. It wasn't that expensive. But like for me, like this Saturday coming up, or <clears throat> just in general, when I have free time, I'm not like spitballing like artistic ideas. I literally only do it like on demand. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like the U verse of art. They're like, hey, I'm thinking of like, what do you think? And I'll draw something up, and they're like, oh, that's awesome. And of course, me being me, I'm like, it's fucking terrible, but okay. And I'll do it, and they're like, oh, it's great. And people love people like that, but people like us can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, here you go, because okay. I'm not tormented by it or bothered. I, like, you really like that? Okay, here you can have it. 
the the biggest failures I've had artistically are when someone asks me to do something. Yeah. But doesn't that bother you, though? Oh, yeah. I painted a mural in Afghanistan that looks like garbage. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, fuck. At least you're in Afghanistan. I mean, I would, yeah. I would, but you know who else is in Afghanistan? Banksy. There was yeah. a Banksy on our yeah. base. Oh, really? <laughs> no shit. Because wow. I would equate that to, like, a stand-up comedian... You know, go into just like a house party and be like, hey, Gabe, you're a comedian, man. Be funny. Tell some jokes. Motherfucker, I'm on the spot. You know, that would be. Well, that's different because that's that's speaking and and they could actually. Well, no, but I mean, just in principle alone. I mean, this guy. As opposed to you generating something out of your own brain and being like, here's my concoction and artwork. And they go, wow. As opposed to me, I want a unicorn. I was at a a convention uh, a couple years ago and this guy approaches me and he says, uh, he has this giant stack of sketchbooks and he's like all these famous people have sketched stuff for me and would you do this sketch here's a list of stuff that i i would like okay so i was really into it uh true detective season one had just come out the right season so uh (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay i'll i'll give it a shot and and he was like standing there watching me. I was like, Fuck. so you drew a silhouette of his <laughs> face with some trees in it? No, I I did a. I started with uh, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> it was spot on. The best fucking. I can't fucking draw people. Real save my human life. Human person oh my portrait I had ever done in wow. my life. But when it got to uh, what's his name? Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. I shit the bed. <laughs> I completely oh, shit the bed. Man. It's like Matthew McConaughey uh, with Down was, syndrome was born with problems. <laughs> And, uh, See, you should have just done Woody when he was burying his face in that girl's butt. Then you'd have been. Uh, should have done Woody Harrelson burying his butt and face in Matthew McConaughey's butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a flat circle. Eh, we've all got problems. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, I'll have one less problem if I win that fucking Powerball tomorrow. <laughs> Dude, I was driving Is that on tonight? the freeway. Is that it's tonight tomorrow. or tomorrow? It's tomorrow. Okay, I yeah. was driving on the freeway. At nine nine nine, because there ain't enough friggin' digits to show how much oh, money shit. it is. Yeah, there's signs like you're like yeah, like, it's like one point three billion billion. Yeah. yeah, and after taxes, you take, would get like the annuities eight hundred thousand more money than you'll ever know what to do with. Just yeah. do it. So me and just me and Jess both put money in. Well, they're saying that in all likelihood, there's probably going to be dozens of winners, which yeah. is still more money than you're going to know what to do with. Yeah. yeah, I got in on two work pools, so. I'm covered. What are you losers going to do? <laughs> I haven't even played yet. I may go. It threw me off, though, because I know that what the initial poll was Saturday or Sunday or something. I went to the corner store to like just grab a six pack of beer because, you know, guys got to drink the corners. The corners. <laughs> I went to the Valero in the corner and I was like every single like area to get and every parking yeah. spot. And but there were people like filling up that weren't even in their cars. And I'm like, there's no way all these people are paying for their gas at the right. same time. I walked in, I got my six pack of like Miller Lite because I was slumming it. And I was like, what the? F-? And then it dawned on me once I saw it. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Dude, it took me like 20 minutes to get beer. Damn it. If I lived in Pasadena, I could have driven through, but I don't. <laughs> well, if you won, what would you do with them? That's, that, that's that, what everybody's asking that, each other. That sheer amount? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Let's um, say you get a share of it. Say it's uh, 50 million. That's still, but but that's a that's a shitload less than I would shoot David Bowie's body in his face. (laughs) (laughs) Stars look different tonight, but uh, no. If I won the whole damn thing, I would have you'd have to go into hiding. Yeah, 
You no, well, you definitely have to buy into a gated community. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to have like a security detail. Yeah, a friend of mine that I used to work with already planned out his uh, bunker, his underground bunker. There, there was a there was a write up, and I knew it was coming anyway. They were saying if you just took the cash value straight up and invested it in a regular run of the mill everyday savings account. You could live off of the interest alone. You can't do that for though, the rest of your life because a, a bank will only guarantee a hundred thousand dollars. Not overseas account. Oh, mm-hmm. you communist mm-hmm. bastard! No, no, um, free enterprise. I would buy. I would buy a building, and I would have everything that I ever wanted to do inside of it. <laughs> Toy museum, <laughs> uh, creative. Uh, what did I call it? Uh, a creative media center. Just that? for my own ideas and be? for people to implement. Yeah. Oh no shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And uh what else? That sounds very googly. <laughs> no, because I'd just be burning money. Mm. It wouldn't make anything. I'd yeah. be burning like a million <laughs> right off the bat. Um You what know what's scary though is one point nine billion dollars like everybody I'd buy a football team. There's not a football team on the market that's worth that. Mm. They're all worth more, substantially more. Yeah. It's a drop in the bucket. I'd buy, I'd buy a baseball team, a shitty baseball <laughs> team. What would you do, Brennan? Like, nothing different at all. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't work. I mean, that, you'd, that's... Have, you'd have a house full of vans. <laughs> house like full the, of vans? The tennis shoes? The shoes. You would just buy, know. like, a I van store. Is that, one of my employees broke a... Is, okay, at that pay rate with the taxes taken out you get one check a month mm-hmm. you would be getting a check for either 4.7 or 5.6 million dollars a month what? that's not even reality wow. like that's just like a month yeah i would get one check and be like i'm good that's See like what, bitches later what, that's like whenever you put in the cheat code in grand theft auto it's not even fun it's not anymore. even fun what anymore. bands <laughs> would you hire for your birthday party every year <clears throat> my birthday uh-huh. party I'm not going to say because I'll get shit for it, but... I, Why? The Moody not, Blues. Shit, no. People aren't Danzig fans anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for my son... Uh, you're kind of saying that in the wrong room, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would hire Danzig just to play to an empty... <laughs> empty place. No, I would actually probably... Um, since I, my son, I would probably hire the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I like Dave, but I'd be like, you know, yeah, you can come to my house. <laughs> Plus, he seems like down enough to just be like, fuck it, you ain't got to pay us. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, I, I just have no imagination at all whenever it comes to a bunch of money. Yeah. It doesn't interest me. But it's we were talking about this the other day at work. It's because it's reached a level that it's never had to reach before. I remember like five, six, seven years ago when it was like $250, 350000000 million and people were shitting the beds. Mm-hmm. That's still more. That's that's enough money to where your children's children's children should you choose to have them, and then them choose to have them, and so on and begot should happen. You don't even have to fucking worry about it. You can live off the interest of that alone. Right. Two hundred and fifty million dollars a year. If you take that up the top, you're still going to be looking at anywhere from that's a that's a half a two hundred a quarter of a million dollars coming to you every month for the better part of probably a decade and a half. Jesus Christ! The take, only catch, take the lump sum. Well, and the, yeah, well, and the thing is, is with this is, and people don't understand this is, if you die, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, we're gonna get some news. <laughs> we all know what time it is. It's time for the news with Gabriel Dieter and friends. 
Okay, that new white stuff. trash. We're going, we're going, we're going. <clears throat> uh, let's see. First story. We're going to get through all the political shit first, if that's okay. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Trump heckler was yelling, you're boring, and Trump got pretty upset, I, I would say, and uh, had him kicked out. But was that the one he said, commandeer his coat? I don't think so. Yeah, what? there was the but, there, there was a Muslim woman who no, just no, no, stood no, no, up. and no. Oh, this is even this more is, recent? This is yesterday. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow, uh, he's pissing people off all over the place. Some some yeah. guy was just like, you're boring. Tell us, a, tell us some funny stories or something like that. <laughs> he was trolling and, Trump. Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe he was just being honest. Well, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. If he's going from town to town saying the same shit, then I mean, people are gonna people are gonna call him out because he's a silly guy, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people aren't taking him seriously. But I saw the video. It was funny. It was entertaining that somebody made fun of him. Yeah, I think bored. I think that's the point that we're getting to because um, there was a reporter for the BBC who went to the rally where the Muslim lady and the Jewish man stood up and said that other than that, there was absolutely no takeaways at all whatsoever right. in regards to sound bites, worthwhile time, anything. Um, and and he was sitting on the front row. Um, because the the way that uh, I love it, because they're referring to Donald Trump's like entourage as goons, <laughs> um, which is in essence what they are. Yeah. Um, he was speaking to the fact that uh, this place sat, I want to say, two thousand people. Mm-hmm. They sold twenty thousand tickets. So the small South Carolina town that this was in had at the arena that it was at there had four people, police officers exactly they have the entire police control. force having to do crowd control for this they're wrapped around a building and it's a blatant oversell by the trump camp and they know that they're doing this to garner more attention to be like look how popular we are right. but they vet these people to come inside so that muslim lady and the jewish man all they did to get inside was lie mm-hmm. but and then this is me putting on my newly minted tinfoil hat. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder, vetted or not, if he's not starting to kind of plant these people himself. Why not? His whole fucking, um, you know, campaign up to this point has been viewed as a charade or an angle by the Clintons to get them in the White House. Right. Why not make it more extravagant? Because this dude from the BBC who's been to like four of them, he says they're almost formulaic. He gets up there, he recites the same bullshit, the same mm-hmm. bullet points that you see on Fox News and everywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we need to get rid of the Muslims. I'm going to build a wall. That has to be getting old. I don't even hear him say that anymore. Because all, they've All I hear him say is, this place is in a lot of trouble, and when mm-hmm. I get elected, we're going to fix it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, like, and he speaks so in such weird broad generalities that you would think it's like he obviously never took like civics no uh, because he doesn't understand how the fucking government works you know and and he's sitting here i'm surprised he hasn't jumped back on the whole like obama birther thing but then i read i was like no he's jumping on he's ted, on ted Cruz, Cruz now about yeah, the, the birther thing. thing i'm like yeah. okay cool so now he's just being bigot to a hispanic as opposed to a an african-american so at least he's consistent well, race didn't have anything to do with it it's strategy well y- yes I mean, because yeah. he wants to, he doesn't want to think about Ted Cruz. Right. 
you know. But I but but the more this like trudges forward, I'm thinking that it's it, Cruz is going to be the candidate, and what's going to bury the GOP is when they elect Cruz as the candidate, and then Trump's like fuck y'all, and he runs third party, and all those nut jobs from all the trailer park fucking vote for him instead of Cruz, so and then sink the GOP. Who who's gonna hurt? more the gop when there's trump running third party or bernie running third party i don't think i I honestly don't think bernie will run third i don't think he will i think if he he concedes to hillary he'll step away and be done with it if she's smart she'll reach out to him for a ticket because or you know for a vp ticket because no offense or anything joe biden uh what not not at this point it's too late in the game no no, 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 Joe Biden uh, endorsed Bernie. Oh, that yeah, no, I did see, but the, yeah, and I'm and I'm fine. <laughs> Basically, with, he didn't come out and say it. He but, didn't, you know, yeah. he beat around the bush. Yeah. But I'm just saying, is at this point in time, for Hillary to come out of left field with some Democrat for VP that would not be Bernie would be dumb because it would be up there with like McCain Palin because Palin came out of left right. field at the course in time that McCain was running. So they need to just kind of, you know, get together on that. Cause I, I, I think the camaraderie between the, 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 the DNC is a little different than, than the GOP because the GOP right. look like they want to kill each other. Whereas I think the Democrats may at the end of the day, be able to work together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I read an article that said, well, it was a headline because I'd read a contradicting headline the day before <laughs> that said uh, Jeb Bush is all that all that all but finished because he's he was so low. And then uh, I saw another headline today that said Jeb Bush soars in where is it New uh, Hampshire New Hampshire poll. Yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> who is on whose side? Because uh, I don't see him ever getting any traction. Uh, well, because he gets he gets beat down by well Trump and 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 Cruz and Rubio in a heartbeat. How how do you soar in New Hampshire though? Well, I mean, seeing that and, soar soar is a well right very and also but and I'm not going to question where you got that headline from or the contradictory one. Good because I don't is, know. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what really bothers me, and I've had this discussion numerous times with family members and friends. Is when people are sitting here saying like, "Oh, Trump's the front runner." <laughs> you look at a poll; the dude's got thirty-eight percent. He's got thirty-eight percent of a allegiant poll that'll say that if I were to vote today, that's who I would vote for. Okay, cool. How many people are in the poll? Fifteen hundred people. Well, where are you from? Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. We are so far out now. Now, primary startup. And what a did you hear weeks. recently? Uh, someone said if Trump doesn't get elected, there's going to be a civil war. Oh yeah, there's going to be a civil. There's going to be a civil war, and the American people are going to rise up. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. The yeah. same way that people were going to move to Canada, if fucking Obama got elected. And yeah. Then, exactly. Then after he was in office, they're like, he's coming for our guns, and he's still trying to come for our guns, and he can't get it done. So fuck off. Um, Obama wants to become UN Secretary General. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what power does I mean that office hold? UN Secretary really. General? No, it's it's he's he's not the one that has the power. He's the head of the committee that the one who has the power reports to that has all. It's the, like Speaker of the House, kind of. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that job. That's the way these people want any of these jobs. Uh, the DNC chair rep. The DNC chair representative 
Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, reminds that conservative Democrats exist. She came out saying that uh, pot should stay illegal. What? Despite yeah, fuck her. She's she's an idiot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, she's a moron. And fuck, she said something else today that was retarded. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had and then ha- she retracted yeah, it. Yeah, and she and she back in the late nineties had to have her views changed in regards to alcohol because she used to be a big proponent of MAD. Uh, so she's even slowly, slowly, slowly evolved. She just needs to stop talking. Yeah. Uh <laughs> but the the article was making a big deal out of it uh because she wasn't being liberal enough. And to me, not all Democrats are liberal. Right. You can't just assume that they're not right-wingers. Because uh, Tipper Gore was the one that started all the fascist music bullshit yep. in the 90s. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. A straight Democrat ticket, voting-wise, would be better, I guess, than straight Republican. It, I would think. It in is, some ways. It depends on where you live, and it depends on the local courts. Because um, one of the lo- uh, and this is just from having an attorney wife and growing up around politics. The problem that a lot of people don't understand in regards to voting straight ticket is you can, and especially in the state of Texas, there's a lot of you, assholes. You, well, <laughs> that, you can you can fucking ruin your city and and your precinct because judges, mm-hmm. you know, certain ones appointed, certain ones elected in. Once appointed, then elect. Mm. So the thing is, is um, if you have a county commissioner or something like that, that, um, you know, uh, it it doesn't have a firm grasp on payroll, doesn't have a firm grasp on, uh, you know, the financials of a city, you can absolutely be voting for somebody that you, you know, Democrat, but you... Well, that idealistically completely disagree with and don't understand that unless you drill down and really get to the nitty gritty, like... Oh, he's the reason why Kirby's all fucking ruined and and no one can ever get the roads fixed because he's the... But no one, when it comes to elections, gets down that deep. Right. When they think, you know, I'm going to president, you know, all the big, big, big ticket items and then they just let the chips fall where may Mm. after that. And, 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 and like, for example, you know, you guys live in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know... Mayor Parker had no bearing on, well, I'm sorry, not you, yeah. but you know, Mayor Parker had no bearing on you right. at all whatsoever. And Turner has no bearing on you at all whatsoever because when you drive on 610, if it's fucked, it's just going to be fucked. You don't have any say in the matter because you live here. Right. Same way Johnny Isabel fucking ruined Pasadena. You know, there's no, I can't have any say in that because I live where I live and people don't understand. let me just stop you right there mayor Isbell <laughs> <laughs> but did great things for his design studio <laughs> he just forgot about one half of the whole city but uh as a whole he's people, responsible for those uh historical banners the, the signs the, and the uh, the hey you're at Harris you know. no no the the uh the stuff on the way to the monument the battlegrounds yeah. Oh, like all those on big, big murals. things on the yeah. yeah. He's oh, the one no. that did oh, that. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Well, I'll give him that because his design studio. <laughs> oh well, then and also um, <laughs> was in charge of it. I'm sure he made quite a bit of money. Yeah. See, there you go. It's so gross. We went to school yeah. with this kid. He Every was a everything. Uh, yeah, I went to school with John Ray Harrison's kids. Oh, okay. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's up? <laughs> Permanent black eyes. Uh, local elections are everything's just so dirty, you know. Mm. But but it's it's dirty on 
a national level too. We just don't know the nuances of it. I That's mean, true. case That's in true. point, the Clinton email bullshit and all that stuff going on. Hey, now that you brought that up, segue. We can segue off of that bullshit. <laughs> Michael Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, uh, where was that? Mm, I don't know. Fuck it. But we know about it. You know about it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all kinds of shits coming out um, about Hillary's emails. So, so let I me, sent you that article. Right. So let me disseminate this for someone who was a little tipsy at the time that he read it. Um, so she was in her position that she was in within the State Department. And she catches wind that Libya basically wants to be like, fuck all y'all. We want to make our own and be our own. And they had the gold to do it. Yes. And They're so... They're going to start a gold back So currency. we were going to basically like start our own thing and nato and the united states intervene to stop it because uh, we've been overturning regimes forever that that's like a u.s that's like baseball and hot dogs i mean if we don't like who your leader is we'll go in and kill them that's been a going thing since pinochet and i think the cia 50s. has fingers and right. relationships with everybody around a dictator that we put in power oh okay oh <laughs> <laughs> that's not too far reaching no it's not uh, but, but I, what i don't understand him i'm not i'm not so sure but uh you look at libya and you have the highest standard of living in africa mm -hmm. and he was about to get away from the petrodollar i believe mm -hmm. uh which is the u.s currency and uh he was gonna start his own gold back dinar whatever it was something like called. that okay uh and all of a sudden, his his whole country's destabilized, and he's getting the Arabs penetrated in the butthole with a dagger. Ouch! Not not the way to go. No, yeah. that doesn't even sound fun. <laughs> no. mm. It wasn't the hilt either. Ow. Uh, so how can she, you think she's going to get indicted? No, I uh, I I hope that enough of this shit comes out that she has zero hope of getting the nomination. I mean, because this is just a small tip of the iceberg of how dirty she's she's been running her her and bill's uh secret empire <laughs> so with um when okay when he was in office yeah and 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 they attacked everywhere they bombed and they carpet bombed everywhere they went and they went in front of congress and went in front of senate and basically said in a time of war there are casualties it's part of doing business right <clears throat> when that was going on we didn't have the technology to let the you know anonymouses of the world or even reuters or you know uh vice or whoever find this shit out mm -hmm. we didn't mm -hmm. have you know these leaks and wiki leaks and and all this stuff do you think there's going to be like a a baseball era-esque kind of point in politics where it's like you're going to have to put an asterisk because the technology was there and the information was there and at the end of the day there was a lot of stuff that was exposed that if the technology hadn't have been there wouldn't have because i guarantee you the shit was going on in vietnam the shit was mm -hmm. going on in korea the shit was going on in iran and iraq the other two times you know but now we just as the american people if you choose to find it if you choose to seek it if you choose to pursue it you can and will find it. Will the, you know, seven major networks cover it? No, because they can still bend it and buy it and turn it however they want. But do you think at the end of the day, if she gets her ass in the White House, they're going to impeach her day one? Mm, shit. See, that's that the might thing. be the only way she can avoid all this. What, at the end, the at the end of the day, yeah. what? when can she stand up there as Madam President and basically say, 
I understand what occurred and I understand how it looked and I understand what has happened and I am very sorry for the loss and I'm very sorry for what has happened, but there's a cost of doing business and there's a cost of running politics in this world stage and that happens all the time. If I had done what I was supposed to do, you guys would have never even heard about it and I would still be standing here right now. Isn't that kind of scary? Yeah. See, well, that, that's what bothers me. Uh, is it scary? I mean, what Most the fuck likely is... it never would have affected us. No, but it's just the act of knowing. It's like, you know, if, if Obama were to just go totally come clean, like Gitmo. I mean, there's there's so much that, everybody, you know, there's so much that he's done. There's so much that he said he was going to do that he didn't. You know, I would just love an expose on like the presidency, like how you thought it was going to be going in, how it was when you were in there and after you were out, because all the good ones are dead. You well, can't he's, ask them. he's he's admitted that he doesn't have as much power as he thought he would. Well, to correct. Do all that stuff, yeah, correct. Which he should have known going in, going in. Yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> civics, <laughs> but every every politician makes promises. They don't they have no chance in hell on delivery. That just gets them in the White House, because right. when he was promising change and all that stuff, he was hanging so far off the left, he was about to fall off. And the minute they get in, they move as m close to the middle as they can, because they know, depending on the status of Congress and Senate, where they're going to stand. Right. There hasn't been a friggin' president in the White House in the past four terms that has had a House and Senate that has been able to push anything through since Clinton. Well, I don't really think that presidents have any say in in uh, foreign policy. But if they have a stance on foreign policy and a House and Senate that is primarily their party, they can push it through. They can work together. But if I am a Republican president and a primarily Democratic House and Senate, I it's an uphill battle. I am fucked. And that's what he's been in since the second half of his first term ongoing ever since. It's been a Republican majority in and out. Yeah, I just I don't know because you had you had a Republican majority under Bush, which he was, and there were enough moderate Democrats who, thanks to nine eleven, they were like, "Oh, I got to think of the f but nothing children." But and when they all voted for all this atrocious shit because of the atrocity that happened, and he had them wrapped around their yeah pinky. but when obama was elected it's not like he could steer the boat there was a chance for him to repeal things and change stuff because he stepped into the white house and within the first year and a half he's like gitmo's gonna close it's still open i know that's what i'm saying yeah he doesn't have no the mm -hmm. ability to do right. that and the american people think that he does which is why i think a donald trump presidency would have been would, as useless as two dicks on a dog <laughs> But okay. it's I got nowhere near as funny though. Yeah, right. At least it looks funny. But it's oh. let's get off politics, okay? Because it does no one any good. Um, These are going to be fun come November. Have you guys seen that show uh, Redacted on RT? I've seen two episodes of it. Have you seen it? Nah, I don't really watch it. Fucking obnoxious. No, it's on. It's on the internet. Uh, it's on the internet. Uh, obnoxious, like like this shouldn't uh, be on on. TV or they should you know how viewed? Fox and Friends has these little things that are obviously written for them. Uh, they have like, a whole entire show that comes on like it did it rivals like the Daily Show. Is this their Daily Show? Yes. Okay. Oh, no. It's All terrible. Right. Yeah, that's what no. everyone's jumping on now. They're it's trying to get a piece terrible. of that pie. Uh, yeah, I watched I watched the whole segment of their their front man for the for the show, mm -hmm. and it was just awful. 
Well, the, uh, the you mentioned Fox and Friends. Fox has a show. I forget what the fuck it's called, but I think it comes on at 11. And when Star Wars was coming out, they had this pretty correspondent come on and basically trash the whole, like... What is the fan, deal with these people? Fan, they it's trashed just the, Star Wars. Yeah, they, they trashed the fan base of Star Wars. She was like... Because he, the guy asked, he's like, so what'd you think in the movie? And she's like, well, I couldn't. And she just basically berated everybody in the theater. And she's like, I kept getting whacked by lightsabers. and did. I mean, they were making fun of it. But the, what they don't seem to understand is is that Jon Stewart and and um, the late show with the guy, the guy. Colbert. Colbert. Mm-hmm. They, Jon Stewart made Colbert and he made a few others too. But... <clears throat> Fox and Friends will still, at the end of the day, have an agenda. That will still, at the end of the day, have an agenda. Fucking BuzzFeed has something like that. And they're atrocious because, unlike The Daily Show that just morphed into what Jon Stewart made it after Craig Kilborn left, because when Kilborn right. was there, it was actually pretty goddamn funny, but it was not what it is known for today. Right. They're just trying to be that. And they're failing miserably because at the end of the day... I think even Daily Show is failing miserably at this point. Well, because Trevor, whatever his name mm. is, is taken over and he's not doing what Jon Stewart did. Because John John Stewart did it with a, a subtlety and a nuance to where he could basically tell you to go fuck your mom in the classiest way possible. And it would be funny. Whereas these guys... And Trevor Noah, that's his name, mm-hmm. are trying so hard, it's obvious. It's like copycat humor. Right. And it's not even funny. Because the what's the only problem is that Fox doesn't understand. The people that are watching Fox at eleven thirty and one thirty and the you know, eleven thirty at night and one thirty in the morning people. are people that are into Fox News anyway. I'm not gonna tune into Fox News to hear it make right. fun of itself. Right. It's not good. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh I've noticed a trend of people getting fired for being racist on online. Mm-hmm. What have you seen? Huh? I haven't. You haven't seen that? No. In the past, like... Like month. Three or four days, I've seen two stories oh, it, by it, themselves. It's, it's been big. Of uh, Usually it's a video, mm-hmm. and people will see, hey, that's that guy. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, hey, this guy that works for you is being... Yeah, here, look, watch this. On, online. Watch this. It's the, all over the Facebook. The employer watches it and is like, whoa, this guy's fucking out of here. Mm-hmm. You know? And then that guy ends up getting interviewed after being fired. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I was having a bad day. I'm not even that <laughs> racist. Uh, I'm not even that <laughs> racist. <laughs> but, yeah. At least I that's kind of honest. It's, uh, I think the best, the best way to counteract all the anti-Muslim racism is to shame him. I mean, yeah. There's there's really nothing else you can do about it other than if they find out what their what the angle is and don't support that angle. Correct. Like if they work right. for somebody, don't support that business. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And because the business of racism is too small to support itself, you know? Right. You can't have a hundred thousand talk show hosts that are openly racist like Right. I don't know. It drives too much <coughs> business away to even accept it. Cause and and I've had this conversation with a few people and and if some people at work too. Because one of the biggest things you'll see online is they say you know oh free speech free speech is protected free speech mm-hmm. lets it come out of your mouth right yeah. but it there's a difference between it doesn't protect you from the repercussions well right. even that but 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 even then is there's a difference between free speech and hate speech and like for example the one I'm thinking of um, there was this fracker who or, or excuse me he was a uh, an oil derrick worker 
mm-hmm. who um, was basically calling a cameraman like a monkey and making like, you know, like mm-hmm. monkey noises and stuff because there were these, you know, uh, Nature Valley granola people in the middle of the road blocking this fracking site or whatever. And so he walked up and he was giving the hippies shit and you know he was basically calling you bums what are you doing man you that's one of the stories yeah you're on my tax dollar just sitting down here why don't you motherfuckers got a job man i work fucking 12 hours a day and uh, that stuff mm-hmm. so then he looks and sees that there's a camera and 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 i love this the minute someone has a camera in their face they get up in the camera and they're like get the camera out of my face and i'm like <laughs> you know you could walk away dick we were here first but so he then he starts calling the the um the cameraman, you know, and all these horrible things. And I don't bleep it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Damn it. We went there. No, but this is just for reporting purposes. The, oh, cause I, the N word's dumb. Yeah, yeah. So, um, he started calling him all these racial epithets and all these horrible things. And the, and the cameraman himself, um, long, he's probably late sixties or whatever, long black dreadlocks, very mm-hmm. Rastafarian look, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm sure Cooter probably saw him and was thinking, you know, like, the most stereotypically racist thing possible. Mm-hmm. And he proceeded to say it all on camera. And within two days of this going on viral on Facebook and Twitter, the company fired. that he worked for reached out and said, okay, he no longer works right. for us. There was also, and I don't know if you saw this one or not, <clears throat> this couple went to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And um, as someone who's worked in the food industry, you do do tells because it helps you with the tables. But when you are making a tell you do something nice because at the end of the night you're going to give the receipt back to you guys and you're going to sign it and you're going to give me my tip hopefully and walk i'll see you again so i don't want to put the tell at the top of the receipt and have it say fat black couple <laughs> jesus christ okay so this couple who went to this restaurant saw at the top of their receipt fat black couple and then proceeded to leave a 20 cent tip mm. right on fat black couple you leave that 20 cent tip so then the that was a bad mistake well no here's the thing no 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 it gets better okay go ahead the fat black couple then leaves the 20 cent tip and then that's that the entitled white shithead who wrote fat black couple at the top of the receipt thinks he's within his right to then go on to social media himself and be like, look at these racist mother... <laughs> and so then his own company, I believe it was Fridays, or, or Chili's, one of those fucking, yeah. like, you know, come in, we have a bunch of flair and eat our shitty food. You know, his own company saw his own tweet and fired him. <laughs> he, was, he went on social media to complain that he got a shitty tip by leaving fat black couple. Like, how are you going to justify that? <laughs> Just take your 20 cents, man. <laughs> Just take your 20 cents. How about be better table? at your job where you don't have to leave that kind of tell? That's unbelievable. Because then what I hear is people, well, you have the right to speak your mind. I have no problem shaming the shit out of people for stuff like that. It's 2016 now. There's absolutely no reason for that anymore. Speaking of 2016, hmm. this year is supposed to bring... One dollar gas. They said that four if, years ago. Yeah, well, look where it went to. From four dollars to what? It, what is like it? A dollar sixty. People always shit the bed in the summer, and I hate living in Houston because they'll be like, "Oh, BP's letting go of four thousand people." That's a fucking company of like five hundred and fifty thousand people. That's probably a lot of secretaries and receptionists. Chill, cool your tits. It's gonna be all right. It's not the I same. I already way. said that exact same thing. <laughs> it's not like it was four or five years ago. We got. More uh, of a, you know, market on hybrid vehicles and stuff now. It's a little different. 
Well, plus we're pumping the shit out of our own country. Um, yep, that helps. So I did a little bit of research and I was looking at, uh, I said, I, I just Googled uh, Bush Obama gas meme. And oh, wow. all those old memes of when uh, Obama was elected uh, came up and said, you know, gas under Bush. Yeah. 93 cents or whatever the fuck <laughs> it was. And... Uh, Gas under Obama's like you know four bucks or something like that. It was never ninety three cents under. Bush. I know Bush Bush, Bush one senior, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> not junior. But uh, I don't see any of those memes anymore. <laughs> no. People get a grip on yourselves. Clinton deregulated the game. <laughs> <laughs> I could barely hear you before you started whispering. Um, on a side note, this is not news, so I'll just put it on there. I watched the uh, HR Geiger. Holy documentary shit, that was on awesome. Is oh. it HBO or Netflix? It was on Netflix. Okay, Netflix. <clears throat> Fucking amazing. Yep. I did not know how... It's hard to explain for me because I, I was speechless whenever I saw the fucking show. Mm. Uh, but the depth of his thinking that goes into that yeah. was way more than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> The- because I would look, I would look at his work, and I would, I would think to myself, you know, dead babies and dicks. It's just yeah. pussies and dicks and dead babies. And but then you can go to his house and, and walk through the fucking roller coaster. It's uh, the the meaning that okay, the documentary in itself, I didn't really enjoy because it was it was too really European was, for me. It was very dry. Uh, and they had some death metal guy that I didn't really care what he thought of. I mean, anyway, the the balance of life and death thing, yeah. the circle of life theme in his work, I didn't really realize all that uh, until he explained it to me after he died. <laughs> and uh, also, I didn't know his name was Hans Rudy. What the fuck? <laughs> Geiger was said like, what, it, three times well, then, in the it, whole documentary? And that's another thing, too. I thought it was... It's not Geiger. It's Giger. It's Giger. Giger. Yeah. yeah. He's German. Well, no, I know. I mean, but I was just like... And then when I Giger. saw him, Dieter. I was like, oh. Steininger. And he... And he, yeah. It's a very German <laughs> it <table>. was, uh <laughs> It was interesting to see his work when when they were talking about his his uh, ex-wife uh, or... The one that was not being the one, The one that died. Or the black hair. Okay, the yeah. The one that no. died. Uh-huh. And they were showing all the work that he did based on her. Mm-hmm. And then his current wife, all the work that had been based dude, on her. She's a trip. She needs her own. She was weird. It's <laughs> like, dude. Well, but, who else is going to be married to HR Geiger? That lady seems like a, that lady It's pretty much like, like a, some crazy person or Debbie Harry. Yeah, that's all he's got. Yeah, she <laughs> seems yeah. like a... But it was fucking fascinating. And I should have I should have opened with that. But uh, check it out. I forget the name of it. Is it just... Uh, I... It's I the Geiger is. documentary it's, on it's, Netflix. It's the life of HR Geiger. Geiger, so, Geiger, Google. Uh, let's do some friend questions. Oh. Okay. Uh, Thomason Dieter asks, what would you do with a family size of Rice Krispie treats, chocolate bar, and Donald Trump tied up to a cactus? What? I would untie him. I don't know. I mean, are there ants involved? I assume <sighs> ants would come along at some point. There, there doesn't feel like a right answer. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. It's going to be pain. Painful for that guy. Yeah. I would shave his fucking head, that's for sure. I want to see what's under there. Yeah. <laughs> Trump, I think he'd just unsnap it. <laughs> and his exposed brain is underneath it. Yeah. Psoriasis ravaged 
head. It's going to look like It's like the surface of Mars. It's going to look like that brain that's in the stomach of that thing from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Crank. <laughs> okay, I has another one. This one's quite disgusting and disturbing. Uh, you got Rosie O'Donnell, Jan- Janice Dickinson, uh, and Cecil the Lion. Fuck, kill, or marry. Uh, uh, what was the first? Um, Rosie O'Donnell, Janice Dickinson uh-huh. and Cecil the Lion. Damn it, Tom. So <laughs> you fuck Janice. <laughs> you fuck Janice, you kill Rosie, and you marry the lion. Because I've seen videos. That lion's pretty friendly, so we could kick it. Actually, it's already dead. Yeah, the so. lion's already dead. Oh, well, that's even better. The lion can't marry it dead. Can't, so. well, yeah, it's the lion that that dentist shot. Uh, oh, I thought, oh, damn. I thought Cecil was the one that you always see where those two guys show up and they're like, I love you, man. Oh, that's even more depressing. Well, I'm sticking mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> Marry the lion. You can't. You can't marry some of the dead. This is fucked up, man. He's a diabolical oh. genius. Well, I'm not going to fuck you a dead lion. You either have to fuck Rosie O'Donnell nope. or Janice, Janice Dickinson. I'm still fucking Janice. Or, well, you got to marry Rosie O'Donnell then. Hmm. Man. I mean, you could I, technically fuck the lion. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> I'm not contributing <laughs> to this Nope, nope, nope. I'm sticking to my initial <sighs> answer. All right. I think we have this figured out, right? I hope so. <laughs> All right, we're gonna. I think we need to put Tom in jail. <laughs> he needs to have a talk. We're gonna. Too. We're gonna just overlook that question <laughs> after um, we've answered it. CJ. Oh God, Menard. What does, what does CJ say? First, Lemmy. Now Bowie. According to the rule of threes, who do you think will be next? I already gave my answer. He forgot about John Bradbury. So as far as I'm concerned, keeping it on a positive note, it's been three. So give it a few more months. Uh, Angus Scrim was in there. Yeah, Angus um, passed. Boy, Bill Cosby. I'm okay oh, with fuck. that. Fuck that dude. I said, uh, I said Iggy Pop, but Bill Cosby would be. Bill Cosby's, Cosby's fucking. Cosby's gonna die ancient. on trial. Yeah, he's he's gonna die on trial. It doesn't have to be a musician. Just someone famous. Mm. Iggy or Steve Tyler. No. Like I was Iggy's saying not before. gonna die. It's too soon. <laughs> How old is he? If Six... Iggy dies, I'm gonna quit doing this. What thing. is he? 68. <laughs> oh, because... Jesus. <laughs> Um, yeah, but he's like pretty healthy. Like, yeah. he works out. He eats pretty good. He doesn't yeah. like party like he used to. He like. Henry Rollins can fucking keel over as far as I'm concerned. He should have died 20 years ago. Pretentious ass. After <laughs> the end of Silent. Um, I still got a little, little bit of love for Henry. Still? Still. Why? This was your last podcast. You just <laughs> didn't know that. Good. Good. I'm done. I was going to invite you to my birthday party. But, uh... <laughs> Rescinded. <laughs> okay, Eric Eddy asks, uh, were you aware that Angus Scrim died the day before Bowie? Yep. Yes. Yes, we were. Yes. Uh, this is not a send-off show to, to Angus Scrim. All these dead people. Um, if Scrim and Bowie were Transformers, what did they transform into? <laughs> <laughs> I love this fucking question. Uh, well, I mean, Angus Scrim obviously just turns into a giant you know, metal sphere that kills people. Oh, I like that. This Transformer name is Boy. <laughs> <laughs> he just had a button. It's a talking, talking Transformer. What does Bowie transform into? Fucking half dog, and half then, Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, he fucking he turns into a it's triple change. No, he changes. Anth- fucking obvious. He changes into a diamond encrusted fucking dog. <laughs> and it flies into outer space. <laughs> Holy shit! That's like right there. It's like a softball pitch. Yeah, <laughs> diamond a diamond dog. <laughs> Fuck diamond dog. Come on. Of course. Um. Anything else? Friend question wise, doesn't look like it. No. Know. We're done with that. Good. All right. I'd like to ask you something. Yeah, we've we've had had you know, all right. 
Um, it, it occurred to me, having watched MTV over the last few months, um, that it's, 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 got, it's a solid enterprise with it and it's got a lot going for it. I'm just floored by the fact that there's so, many so few black artists featured on it. Why is that? I think that we're trying to move in that direction. We want to play artists that seem to be doing music that fits into what we want to play for MTV. There's th the company is thinking in terms of narrow casting. That's evident. Um, it's evident in the fact that the only few black artists that one does see are on about 2.30 in the morning or, in, or to around 6. Very few are featured predominant, no. predominantly during the day. No. That, uh, that's a I'll say that over the last couple of weeks these yeah. things have been changing, but it, it's, no, uh, it's a I, slow process. I know. It's, it's funny. I think people have different perceptions. When you wind up watching, let's say you watch an hour or two or even three a day, People somehow come away with different ideas about what we are doing. We don't have any kind of day parting for anything, mm. let alone a black artist day parted out of what, what would be, quote, prime time. Mm. We don't have that. Because one sees a lot on the, on the there's a, one black station on uh, television that I keep picking up. I'm not sure which station it's on. But there's a, there seem to be a lot of black artists making very good videos that I'm surprised aren't used on MTV. Well, of course, also we have to try and do what we think not only New York and Los Angeles will appreciate, but also uh, Poughkeepsie or Midwest, pick some town in the Midwest that will be scared to death by Prince, which we're playing, or a string of other black faces. That's and black very music. interesting. Isn't that interesting? You know, we have, to, uh, we have to play the music that we think an entire country is going to like, and certainly we're a rock and roll station now. The question would be asked, well, should, uh, since we're in New York, should PLJ play, uh, you know, uh, the Isley Brothers? Well, you and I might say, yeah, because we have grown up in an era when the Isley Brothers mean something to me, and so do the Spinners, even way after the Isley Brothers. But what does it mean to a 17-year-old? Well, if you talk on the phones to these guys like I did when I was in radio, it's Well, scary. I'll tell you what it means. I'll tell you what maybe the Isley Brothers or Marvin Gaye means to a black 17-year-old. Ah. And surely he's part of America as well. No question. It? No question. And that's why you're seeing those things. Do you not find that it's a frightening predicament to be in? Yeah, but less so here than in radio. And is it not, well, no, don't say, well, it's not me, it's them. Is it, no, is well, it, not, is it not possible that it's, it's, it should be a conviction of the station and of other radio stations, mm. to be fair? It, it, is, it does seem to be um, uh, rampant through American media. Um, is it, it, should it not be a challenge to try and make the media far more integrated in, those, in music, happening. especially of anything in musical terms? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I think it's happening because white music and white musicians are now starting to play more than ever what uh more than they have lately let's say in the last 10 years yeah what what black artists have been into mm -hmm. and now hopefully the lines are going to start to to blur and when we play a band like abc yeah well there's there's white and black kids who are enjoying it and all of a sudden well it's it's a little bit easier for a white kid to understand it the fact is quite frankly I could even point you towards a letter in the new issue of the record, yeah. the magazine, the record, responding to an article by Dave Marsh, that this this kid just ranted about what he didn't want to see on MTV. Well, that's and his problem. And in no uncertain terms, well, what I'm saying though is that there's, as you say, there's certainly a lot of black kids and white kids who may want to see black music. Mm. 
there's a ton of them who are, it's not like it was in 67 where you say, yeah, I'm, I'm not into that, you know, but you are, yeah. Now it's, you're into that? I don't like you. And that's scary. And we, can, we can't just turn around and go, well, look, this is the right way. We can only teach, I think, a little bit at a time. Interesting. Okay, thank you very much. Does that make sense? Valid point? I understand your point of view. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've got no tinfoil tirades. No. Uh, mm. I think we'll hold on to the, whatever I've got stored until uh, Mike gets back. Yeah. Um, Brennan, you have an art show coming up. Would you like to plug that? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no plugs. No plugs. I don't want no plugs. Uh, Chris, you have a blog. Would you like to... I haven't contributed in a while. Um, it's at stormfront. No! <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, that's the old one. Yeah. No, actually, um, I haven't really put anything into that. But to kind of like go back to Bowie, one of the things we didn't touch on was um, he was in 14 movies. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to get we a lot We didn't really of, touch on his acting career. No, no. and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I doubt it. Labyrinth was not the best movie he made. Right. Uh -huh. No. The best movie he made was called Besquat because uh, he plays. Right, the one as, where he plays Andy Warhol. Uh, he plays Andy the, Warhol. The and Basquiat. it is fucking unbelievable. Watch that. Watch <laughs> Absolute Beginners. Maybe The Hunger. We had two ducks. We called them the Garcia brothers. Yes. <laughs> he, it is, he's fucking phenomenal. So check it out. Cool. He'll be missed. Um, as always, thanks to our sponsor, LoneStarButtons.com. And I'm going to have to really seriously rethink having Gorag on the staff. <laughs> he's just really pissed <laughs> me off He's becoming very belligerent now. Yes. <laughs> I think I need to put him either put him in his place or send him back to where he came from. I just wish he would do something. Trump style. Huh? So I just wish you would do something about the smell. It's really <laughs> and the ball. Why is it always yeah, the, one ball? The one dry ball. God damn it. Oof. The dry, slimy ball. I don't understand. Anyway, defies um, logic. if you like the show, tell rate your friends. On, and rate it on it. iTunes. Yeah. Rate uh, it on iTunes. Whatever. More rating You can on leave iTunes. a testimonial on yeah. iTunes if you'd like. Yeah. I don't care about ratings so much, but if you did share it with your friends, uh, that would go a long way. Just leave a review me. of your favorite David Bowie album. There you oh, go. Yeah doesn't matter as long as there's a review there no one reads it <laughs> just put four stars yeah it'll, four stars and it'll up you something about diamond dogs there you awesome. go yeah. all right uh revenge of the world .com. sign our suckers
Thank you. Thanks very much.